0: television tuesday episode 15 hello everyone it's tuesday so you know what that means
1: tv time
0: yes it is spirekins television tuesday the podcast where we talk about new television shows as they come out i'm your host zan saying konnichiwa bonjourno and what's up hey it's greta yes and we are back for another fun-filled episode of this wonderful podcast that you can find at
1: www.spirekin.com
0: we're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N at and you'll find us one place or the other. Also, if you want to leave any comments or concerns, you could join our Discord, which you can see the link in the show notes or you can email us at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. And what a week this has been! It's been kind of crazy. We had a uh, final episode of one series. The first two episodes of a new series and then third episode of a series that we're talking about that technically we should just have binged and talked about the whole series at once.
1: I would be up for binging and talking about the whole series all at once.
0: But I kind of like that this format's a little different and it's focusing on these series specifically. And as usual, we're going to talk about our initial impressions and then after the end credits, we're then going to do a spoiler section. So if you haven't watched the episodes, stop when the music starts. Otherwise, wait till after the music to hear our deep dives. So let's get on with it, shall we? Because we've got a lot that happened this weekend. We're actually be starting with the newest show on our list. One which people have been commenting on us to talk about. And that is based on the novel by uh, Matt Ruff. We're talking about Loveca- sorry, Lovecraft Country. Uh, and this was developed by Misha Green. Executive producers were Misha Green, J.J. Abrams, Jordan Peele, and David Noller. That's a kind of prestigious list of people who are interested in getting involved in this film series,
1: and it's
0: good. It's really good because it is a mixture of horror, drama. Uh, it's a period piece. It's got a,
1: sci-fi.
0: Sci-fi. It has a little bit of well, it's a lot magic. of magic, racial tension involved. It's it's a, a political statements. Excellent fashion. It's well done for the period of time, and you have an excellent cast. Now, just going over the cast, and this isn't spoilers, we have Journey Smollett is top billing as Latita Letty Lewis, and she does a great job as the... um, Let's just say she's a very questionable motive She's very
1: attractive.
0: Then the guy who's holding the whole story together, Jonathan Majors, is Atticus Tick Freeman... Wow, he is not the traditional main character you'd think of. He's a geek. When you first see him, he's actually reading Princess of Mars. Yeah, but he's like a ripped geek. He's a geek that became a geek because of issues, which we find out later, and it makes sense. Uh, you have Anju Nue Ellis as Hippolita Freeman, uh, Ada's star-gazer-obsessed aunt. And wow, like that was, first off, her name Hippolyta? That's kind of pretty cool, using an old Greek name for her. And she seems like an interesting character. Not much to do in the series, but she's there. You have Courtney B. Vance, who you just remember him from Law & Order. And we see him playing the uh, fun-loving and more caring uncle to Atticus, George Freeman. Yeah, he seems like a really cool character. He's a great character. And maybe things will be better. Well, depending. You have... uh, one may Mosaku as Ruby Batiste, uh, Letty's half-sister. We only saw her for a couple minutes. She was a mean, bigger sister, and there's issues.
1: A bean-picker sister? A mean, bigger oh. sister. You have uh,
0: Abby Lee as Christina Breithwaite, who, let's just be honest, she is a force of nature. She's a witch. We don't know that.
1: She's got these steel blue light gray eyes and this like pure white hair. And, and something's going on with her. You have Tony
0: Goldwyn as her father, Samuel Brightwhite, who he seems really creepy and insane.
1: He usually plays bad guys, though. Creepy.
0: He seems like he'd like, be in a Hallmark that movie as a bad guy. Oh, yeah. He's, or he's the guy in the Lifetime movie who's like, who, who are you going to tell? When he harasses the... But when he
1: dies, he actually has like a really great death scene. That's if he dies. We don't know if he's dead. Lifetime they die. Oh, in Lifetime, yes. Hallmark, they don't.
0: And then we have Jordan Patrick Smith as William, who is... He's a hench?
1: Which one's he? William?
0: The not-butler? The, the, the not-butler. Not oh, exactly. he's
1: totally a hench. He's... What's-her-name's friend? <laughs> he's a boy, and he's a friend. I was like, What? So, and he's, no, she goes, and he's sometimes a friend. So
0: we don't know what her their deal is. But this show deals with, uh, long story short, our main character Atticus gets a letter from his missing father, and he ends up having to go to Massachusetts to discover what happened. And it leads to a lot of very disturbing situations. We watched the first two episodes because we were behind schedule on it, and I gotta say, these first two episodes have set up a lot. And one thing that's interesting... But we were
1: behind episodes on it because we moved.
0: Yes, we have moved. We have a new location for and Studios. Picked and up
1: our entire life and moved it, so...
0: Yeah. I've gotta say, though, the one thing I do enjoy about this show is that, one, this is kind of a neater, neater, neater to... Lovecraft himself, because we all know, if you never read H.P. Lovecraft, brilliant writer, but he was a really, really big racist. And the fact that the entire main cast are all black, that's a really big fuck you to, to H.P. Lovecraft. And I, I think that it's done well, because all these actors are and characters are fully developed, and they're not just the, this is this archetype. They're all multi-layered. Like I said, our main character, he is a well-read, intelligent geek who ended up joining the
1: military. I like that it's... I don't like that it's a F you to somebody. I like to be more positive No, 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 that. no. This is... Oh, no, but it's... I like all the characters that it's a good mix of r- realism. It's a really great period
0: piece. But let's be honest. H.P. Lovecraft be tur- is probably turning in his grave because of this...
1: Well, there's a lot of racial tension.
0: Oh, this is like really in it, it and it really the periods Yeah, it really highlights the we'll whole We'll get into that in the spoiler section, but it does cover but, the Jim Crow laws and also things such as sundown towns.
1: But I like that it's it's like visually beautiful. The the wardrobing, the time period for the wardrobing, the um The locational shots. The locational shots. And also,
0: we live near there, which is kind of crazy. It's like, we found where this is taking place. We're like, hey, it's only an hour away
1: from us. Maybe. (laughs) Let's leave all the lights on tonight. Um, But I, I like that there's a good balance between fantasy and magic and...
0: And, also, and the various and things in it. But the one part I really do find fascinating is in most of these horror-esque stories, it's the monster that will scare you and you're like, oh, God, the monster's here is going to kill me. In this show, when the monster shows up, we're kind of like, oh, thank God the monster showed up because the tension wasn't from that. It was from something else that was much more scary. It was so weird. But, so, but the monsters are creepy. So the first the first episodes have set up some things going on for the rest of the season. What's going to go on? I don't know. I don't know if these are going to be two-part episodes. Because it seems like every episode's are two-parters so far. Because this was a two-part. The, the episode one and two? Yeah, it seemed like a two-parter. Because it ends right where it begins. And, oh, one other thing I will bring up is the music in this is very interesting. Because they use modern music in a period but not all the time like it opens up with the period accurate music and then they just throw in things which are like
1: and they're singing period music and then it's like (laughs) hardcore rap like wait a second
0: anyways we'll talk about that more so i think this is a show that's definitely worth watching even if you're not a fan of horror because it's not that horror filled it's more adventure it feels like a as to bring up the thing it's a pulp story it's not
1: as scary as nosferatu
0: which we're actually going to get to next because we're going to talk about the series finale, arguably, or season two finale of Nosferatu, season two, episode 10, BATS, directed by Toa Frazier. And this episode, surprisingly, is the final confrontation of Vic McQueen versus her arch nemesis, the evil, maniacal Charlie Manx. And let's be honest, this is a slight spoiler, but... The conclusion of this happens ten minutes into the episode, and then it's an hour episode. so you have forty minutes of the aftermath.
1: but it picks up right where we left off
0: where it, it does it does pick off where where we left off, and it does end in a way which it's a bit satisfying because there's a lot of character development and leads to a lot of things going on now. Satisfying
1: w- and not satisfying I all at the same say, time.
0: Every single actor in this episode did an amazing job and they were all in their air game. From Ashley Cummings being Victoria McQueen, you had jakara Smith as Maggie, uh you had um uh Jonathan Langdon as Lou Carmendy, and then of course we cannot not mention Jason David as Bruce Wayne McQueen. He really did something different at the end of this. Now, the one person I think who did kind of drop the ball a little bit was Zachary Quinto because they kind of, well, we'll talk about that in the spoilers, but I think overall, great final episode because it wraps up a lot, but I do feel it could have been a little better.
1: I think they left room for a continuation if they really wanted to. um, Or a spin-off series or um, something like that. But I I think it it ticked all the boxes that I wanted because the whole show has been unsettling. You know, taking things that people love, everyday things like Christmas and ornaments and beautiful, cool old cars and making them creepy and unsettling. And, you, you know, when you see children's little spiky teeth and ugh, it freaks you out a little bit, you know. So I thought it was highly appropriate that it ended not feeling fully, fully resolved? Like... I could see that. I feel it could have been... Like, there's still a monster under your bed. Check on it. Maybe.
0: We'll have to wait and see.
1: I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's how it feels to
0: me. But I think that Toa Fraser did a good job with this episode. So this is definitely worth watching also. Yeah. so yes. Well,
1: if you watch the episode before it, you can't not watch this one. True.
0: We had to wait a week.
1: If you didn't watch it yet, binge it. Wait and binge it. And then our
0: last show we're talking about is Umbrella Academy, Season 2, Episode 3, The Swedish Job, directed again by Steven Serjak, who directed the last episode. And this feels like a continuation, kind of, but there are some shots that are really weird in this this episode. And this episode sets up more of the whole overarching plot, deals with the aftermath of the last episode, and also kind of shows what happened to one of the main characters and how he became crazy. Well... Crazier.
1: I like the entire opening sequence. It does
0: explain a lot. It felt
1: almost like a Bond opening, like with the music and no, no, it
0: felt, it felt, it totally was Klaus. It was Klaus to a T. The whole thing
1: totally, but it still felt very like yes, cinematic.
0: So, but we had. Again, three storyline well, four storylines this time because first off we have the Klaus storyline, we have the Alice storyline, we have the five with Diego storyline, and then the handler is now a major part of the show. And she's dealing with that. And I will say a lot is set up in this episode for the rest of the season. And there is some fallout from things that we talked about last episode. I know of being vague, but it's we're gonna get into it a bit because there's a lot. I know to I'm spoiler. like I don't know
1: what to say without spoiling it. Uh, I will say though that I like the the title. So this is not a spoiler. The title. What is the title? The, of the Swedish thing? Job. The Swedish Job. It. You know, there's those three Swedish guys that are like hunting Swedish, them down. Three Swedish uh, commission members. Yeah, well, gosh, we gotta look up that statement. What did he say? No, he's like, I was like, what do you want the the IKEA. The IKEA Mafia.
0: <laughs> to come IKEA work. Mafia, do kill you. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, everyone does an excellent job in this. And I do like how uh, they do show the 1960s and they do depict it well. It's just similar to Lovecraft. They go with some of the worst parts of history, but they do it in a, with style. And also, this is setting up a lot. And also, there are some questions, especially with that ending.
1: I don't know what to say without spoiling it. Yes.
0: But definitely worth watching. I have watching. opinions. Definitely worth watching. I want to so, share them. Again, uh, yeah, so all three TV shows worth watching. If you have any that you want to recommend to us, email me at zan, that's xan at spyrokin.com, or direct message me on Twitter at spyrokin. Let me know what you guys think. And I think that's it for this episode. We talked about our three. Stay tuned for the spoiler section. Otherwise, thank you guys for listening. I'm Greta. I'm Zan. We're going We'll catch you guys next time. Keep
1: watching. Time. So, are we starting with the Umbrella Academy? Of course. We to go back. Oh my gosh, I can't stand where we at with the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Chestnut.
0: Oh, that just ended really badly I because am... with Allison.
1: Oof. Yeah, I'm not loving where they're going with Allison's story. I. I
0: mean, but think about it. she also abandoned her daughter in the in the alternative future, which no longer exists. Yeah, but there's, like... That daughter doesn't exist anymore because of the freaking all, the timeline change. They don't even mention that this season.
1: But, like, her brothers show up and start complicating things. Her husband doesn't know a whole bunch of stuff about her. And at the end, when she saves his life by saying, I heard a rumor and doing all of that, the husband freaks out. No, like, thank you for saving my life it's freaky it's kind of freaky seeing that happen it totally like, no. is but I don't like it and also he's confused because
0: she didn't speak for a year apparently so but with Allison's story it's I am curious what it is and I love the chemistry between uh, Allison and Raymond I think they have a great chemistry together very much so I do like the fact that that he's confused by the fact that he, she has two brothers and he's like wait that yes, are they're white white and the one is the largest the largest white guy he'd ever seen and it's Luther and Luther's in love with her which is even more like and just that was heart- and he knows that's so heartbreaking seeing Luther just get beaten up and he's like just just hit me because Luther ends up paying his boss to find where Allison is finds Allison finds out she's married and then he's supposed to win a fight and he takes a dive because
1: he's so pissed off he just doesn't want to hurt emotionally he wants to not feel so he has to get beaten really hard. Yeah. And so going to back
0: to the beginning, we find out what what happened to Klaus. And it turns out that Klaus did start a cult because he had no money and he made friends with a rich lady who ended up falling in love with him. And he started a super cult. And at first, everyone loved him. Everyone loved him. And he loved it. And, then... and it was
1: great until everyone wanted to touch him and be around him. And he couldn't escape it. And his brother is not happy. Ben is not happy with him. But
0: interestingly enough, Ben was checking out that girl. Yeah, that was sweet. And it's like, does that mean other people could see him? Or is it something else?
1: No, he's just falling in love with somebody who's not dead.
0: Yeah, and I do. I, I love that when, um, well, one, when uh, Allison and Klaus meet again, they're so happy to see each other. And he's like... You're, you're alive. He's like, so you started a cult. No, no, no. It's an alternative uh, thinking to... It was a cult. Yeah, it's a cult. <laughs> and then when he saves her, because he gets Ben to to type at the the, the, uh, the typewriter, the free chestnut flicker the... or
1: die. And, and then was, he squished this egg salad sandwich. He threw it against the glass. He flickered the lights. Yeah, because at
0: first I was like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, oh, it's, it's Ben. Mm-hmm. And I like that their dynamics getting better, and but also seeing Klaus try to save Dave. That's that's
1: heartbreaking. He wants to creepy and heartbreaking. He wants to to prevent him ever finding love.
0: He wants to save his the love of his life, but by doing that, he'll lose his. So it's very weird. He's also creeping him out. So, so that's going on. You have Vanya who hooked up with Five, and Vanya is still full powered. They're all hiding the fact that she caused the apocalypse, which there's going to be a blowback with that if she She remembers. She doesn't
1: really remember.
0: If she remembers. She
1: didn't know she had the power.
0: Also, the whole thing with Sissy and Harlan, and Harlan, like, messing with the music when she was was going to call, there's something there. Maybe he has powers. I don't know.
1: Or maybe he's just autistic. Perhaps.
0: But uh, the other big thing, let's get to the big elephant in the room, the fact that uh, Diego and... Layla hook up. And then we find out that Layla is the handler's daughter. Yeah, like,
1: what? The... So she's playing the long con. I'm curious if she... she... was planted there yeah. a while ago.
0: So that means she does know she is from the future, hence why she knew some of the stuff. But I'm curious what she's able to do. And I am excited to see where this season goes.
1: It is really unexpected the kind of turns that they've taken. So, like, I don't feel like I know where it's going to go. And Vanya
0: has changed very much from the first season when she was being manipulated by the one guy who found Reginald's uh, diary. Yes. She's she's changed most. And everybody's it's doing great things. I think that the standout actors for this season or this episode are definitely Robert Sheenan, who plays Klaus, and, uh... Emma, Raver, Lamp, Ms. Allison. They've been the standout characters so far. I mean, because Ellen Page is praying... Oh, should we say Aiden Gallagher also? Because he's playing an old man. True. The fact that it's like, I'm 15 years old, but I play a curmudgeonly old man who drinks coffee.
1: The diner woman pours him the cup and he goes, leave the pot. But
0: that's been the running joke since he first showed up when he was hanging out with uh, Hazel. And Hazel's like, what are you doing here? He's like, just, just leave it. I, I don't know where this is going to go. I'm just... Again, this one I'm very excited to see how it ends.
1: I wish we could binge it.
0: We could, but we're trying to be all awesome. So now let's get to the Nosferatu ending. Um, So yeah, last we saw, both Maggie and Victoria were stabbed. They're in Christmas land. They've blown up most of the stuff. Uh, Charlie looked like a decrepit old man and he was slowly going to see now, trying to get the Wraith. Millie has escaped Christmas land and is in the real world and she got her ornament. and Of a gold cat. And, Char- and uh, no, Charlie and uh, Wayne is or is being crazy. But he's listening to his mom finally, which was good. And I like that when you first see him, he's acting kind of normal when he's around her, but everybody else, he's acting like a wild animal. Like yeah, Maggie, I, he immediately tries to attack. Louie tries to attack.
1: Well, Louie did attack. He bit him.
0: But he tried to attack him again, and it's. we see she ends up getting, making it into the game, getting the motorcycle, going through, and then when they get back, he she leaves him with Lou and Tabitha and goes back for Maggie, and Maggie is not all. She's dying. She lost her tiles, and I love the fact that they're gonna play doctor with her.
1: Oh, these kids are so creepy and then
0: she saves them and then uh charlie ends up following them onto the shorter way the inscape for uh the inscape of vic. vic mcqueen and then this is where the final sequence is and slight spoilers in the book what happens is that it ends up blowing up the shorter way blows up vic dies and it takes out charlie and his oldest daughter in this one, it's just, he's chasing them, and then she uses her powers to fling bats at him.
1: Because they're in her endscape, so she can do whatever part she of wants. her mind,
0: and then she ends up breaking the bridge down the front so that his car gets stuck. And just... And the whole time you have Zachary Quinto, who throughout the entire series, has been a charismatic and verbose and amazing actor. And he's just a decrepit old man ranting like a lunatic. He's not, like, being threatening or not being... Like, the way he ends the episode, he's like...
1: <laughs>
0: That's it. It's yeah, not... you almost
1: have to turn the closed captions on to see what he's saying.
0: It's, yeah, like, the the only thing you can hear is that you tattooed whore. And there's no... Be- and when he dies, there's no begging. There's no pleading. Uh, the children need me. Nothing. Just...
1: But he's supposedly 130 years old. And we saw that when it came down to it... It, his daughter wasn't enough. He needed more children. And then his children are enough. He needs all of it up and running and purpose of future kids. So he's one of those never going to be fully happy people.
0: But I would have liked him to say something. Please don't kill me or something. There was none of that when he dies. But he does die. And then... The... And he gets
1: cremated.
0: Yeah, they destroy the car and they cremate him. And they save the kids because Loof and... Um... Lou and uh, Tabitha figure out that the ornaments are Horcruxes. And I love this is they're Horcruxes. It's like, go Harry Potter, geekdom. She's like, like in Harry Potter? And they end up smashing the ornaments and the kids
1: come back and they're normal, kind of. Because It's really sad how they say that the kids with families, you know, they're making it through. But the kids that go to foster, they just can't trust them with, around other kids. And you see it with um, Wayne. Wayne. You know, he, like, flips and doesn't want to eat. And he grabs the fork like he's going to attack his mom. And then he, like, wakes up in the middle of the night and sneaks out. And he's standing on the counter and he's eating. He's spooning sugar into his mouth with his cupped hand. He's just eating it. And then he realizes what he's doing. And he's like, I did something bad. You know, like, th- he is not There the is leftovers same. from it.
0: They both have to deal with it. And But the thing which is great about it is that they talk about it. And they say, we're not fine. We're not going to say we're fine. We're going to talk through this. And Vic understands her family's deal. She has a great moment with her mom as they're packing up her father's stuff. They move to Massachusetts to stay away from... Uh, they move to Haverhill. To Haverhill. And stay away from Gun Barrel, uh, Colorado. And, I th- and when they tell Wayne this, Wayne's like, but I miss my friends. And immediately, I don't think he means his friends, I think he means Millie, because Millie has been visiting him, and he's been visiting Millie, and they're kind of like creepy friends. Yeah. Like either he's going to humanize her, or she's going to demonize him. You think that's the case, Sora?
1: I'd like it to be that he smashes her ornament, and then they adopt her.
0: But she hates hates Vic because Vic killed her dad, and no, her dad well, was a monster.
1: Yeah. Still, her dad. But I wonder, like, are they gonna bring back? Um, are they gonna bring him back, and he's gonna be a ghost? I don't think so. I think, stuck in the house.
0: Well, there's a deleted scene in the show when Bing is being uh, processed, and he's gotten into his new cellmate, and it turns out his cellmate is the Hourglass Man, still alive from when Maggie stabbed him. Which would have been cool, because at the end of this, the end of the series is that uh, Maggie has decided to use... She gets her tiles back, and she's going to go look for all the other inscapes, and she finds out that the inscapes, like the, the world of the imagination, which is like one of the major inscapes, is hidden in the hotel where she
1: met Hourglass Man. So she's gone there, and she's not Her driving. whole thing is, thinking awesome. about all the possibilities. You know, like, this is... Charlie Minx isn't the only one. Like, let's go get him and they're not all bad. Some are good, some are right. So the show could continue with her it can continue with the Wayne. Mhm. We don't know,
0: but the big thing is it's been Vic McQueen's story the entire time. That's what the story was originally
1: written as. Yeah, but we we can be talking about this 10 years from now saying, "Season 1 it all started with Vic McQueen."
0: True. But I love that the ending of the the episode is you see her holding a picture that Wayne drew of creepy Wayne, demon Wayne, with demon Millie in Christmasland with the creepy moon. And she flips it over, and you see her immediately go to the cabinet where her liquor was. And it looks like she grabs liquor, and instead it's her art supplies because she hasn't drawn in years, and she starts drawing. It's a cathartic experience of she's going to work through this, and they're going to not run away because they're Team McCarmody.
1: So that's the whole thing. Like, it's the sad moments that you see with Wayne, but he's working through it. And it's the sad moments you see with Vic, and she could have landslided back and all this other stuff. But no, she grabs her art supplies. She
0: and and they have a can't sleep, but she's gonna
1: yeah hope hope. for
0: a happy ending, and we'll see where that goes. I hope as an ending. I think it was a well done ending, and overall the season. This is a good bookmark for season mm-hmm. two and Charlie being dead. We're happy that the Christmas kill, the Father Christmas is gone. Uh,
1: yeah. I can sleep all at night.
0: Yes. So next. So finally, let's talk about the other show. Well, we're going to hit two episodes quick. We're talking about the Lovecraft uh, Country, episodes one and two. Episode one, Sundown, sets up everything. And I love that, like I said, it opens up where you see a weird dream that Atticus is having, where pretty much Cthulhu is killed by Jackie Robinson because, but reasons.
1: But the Cthulhu thing gets grows back together. But then Jackie Robinson comes to swing
0: again and kill it, and it's like, really, what what is going on with this? Because it was Cthulhu. It was like, really? okay, go with this, and then it's him, but the funny thing is some aliens show up and a girl in the red shows up and immediately I say that hey that's that's like uh, John Carter and you see he's reading John Carter A Princess of Mars the first story of the John Carter trilogy so that's kind of cool and he brings up the premise which I think is great about the show that anybody that with books and sore of pulp stories it doesn't it's like you're transported to a place you wouldn't be a kid from Chicago would never be able to go to space
1: but they're definitely showing like the good bad and the ugly of segregation.
0: Yeah, cuz they are in a, they're they're on a bus, the bus breaks down, and then when they're getting their stuff, the
1: bu- a truck comes to pick up all the passengers, and, and he and the only other person of color, you know, don't get to be picked up. They can walk. They got to walk them 10 miles with their little luggage.
0: And it's him going not because apparently he has a home and a life in florida but he's moved to he's gone back to chicago to find out what happened to his dad and we find out all the other things going on, like like his uncle george freeman is writing the green is writing a green book which that was kind of powerful so he's a mechanic and he's writing the green book and for those of you who don't know the green book which it's also the name of the based on that movie which happened with uh Mahershala Ali. It was a book during the Jim Crow times where it would say where you could go if you're a person of color, where it was safe to eat, safe to stay at, and what towns to avoid with the the plague.
1: And uh, Sundown Town is a um, town that people of color couldn't be in overnight once the sun went down.
0: Yeah, they had every right to kill you. And the whole first... I don't know if they have the
1: right to kill him, but that's what would happen. And Mm -hmm. so, his tick's uncle has a a shop, but he's also like a travel agent. How to travel safe? And he goes out and sees if these places really are safe.
0: And we see some of the things which happen. They're not. They're not safe as as they're because it's tick. Uh, his uncle and then Letty who joins them because she says I'll, I I want to visit my brother if you could take me I'd appreciate it because she has issues with her sister and they go on the drive and they're driving and they end up one of the places there's a diner this diner it's called uh, it's called Tish's and Tish's diner is a safe place for us and they end up going to the town they see it and it's a completely different name They they. Walk. it was painted it was painted white they walk in and everyone runs out, and the guy starts busting him. And the kid goes to the back room, just calling the cops, saying, "Yeah, I did, after what you did to Miss Tish, I I gotta like."
1: But the tick looks at his uncle, and he goes, "Explain to me why again?" He's looking at the white brick. They were originally looking for a red brick building. He goes, "Explain to me again why the White House is painted white?" And it's because after the White House had a huge, massive fire, they had to repaint it white to hide the. Scorch burn. marks. The burn marks. And so they realize that that place had been burned down and it's not safe. And this massive chase ensues where literally the police and fire department and everybody are... Are trying to kill them. And it's not With even, shotguns. Yeah. And, and
0: this is in this is in up the upper part of the United States. This isn't in the South. This is
1: between... Massachusetts.
0: No, this is, still, this is Illinois still. Mm. It's like... And then they end up going to her half-brother's house things go horribly wrong there but then we find out more about takes relationship with his dad that there were issues like his dad had not talked for years which we later find out there may be issues with that further because of secrets involving um montrose who's his father and then his uncle there may be an issue there of parentage but from there they find the location of like his
1: uncle might be his father
0: uh, but the half brother was able to find out about this town. One, uh, the the city is a sundown town; so you can't go by there. More importantly, the location of the town that his dad wrote from, which at first he thought was Arkham, Massachusetts, but turns out it's Arden, Massachusetts, is located in this weird spot right here. It's not on any maps. There's, there's no-, no roads that go to it. It's
1: a magic town.
0: It's a mystery area, and we it's looked. Fascinating. And we looked it up. It's like in the middle of nowhere. We actually could drive to it. Google Maps. It's between. Yeah, but I don't want to go there tonight. It's at between night. Uxbridge and uh, Millville, and you see him trying to get there, and they run into the sheriff, who they said is the sheriff's a massive racist. Just he was a former military guy. Try to ignore him, and they're just pulled over looking for this thing. The sheriff just shows up, and you have. Tick and his his friend just talking about Shogoths. He's like, maybe it's a Shogoth. He's like, what? He's like, well, Lovecraft wrote about these big, scary monsters. And he's talking about these monsters. And that's not the apprehensive part. The apprehensive part is you just see the cop pull up behind them. And he's just waiting. And it just gets very apprehensive because what they do. Because then he says, you have seven minutes to get out of the county. We're going to kill you. Yeah, it's... and. He forces him, he's like, can I make a U-turn here? Well, usually it's legal, but if you, you... But
1: under these circumstances, if you ask me really nice...
0: And it's really just that cop is so shady and so just like...
1: <sighs> but he's a cop. He's a bad guy. Bad guy. He's a very bad guy. He turns into a, a literal monster.
0: Yeah, because he ends up... They end up chasing... He chases after them as they're leaving. They have seven minutes to get out of... It's sundown. It's, he says it's a, it's a sundown county they get past the county line and then it turns out that he called the other other cops to set a trap right past it so he's gonna kill them So anyway. just when they think that they're safe and then what saves them is their compassion no is that they no what saves them is a bunch of show cops show up and kill the cops and you're like wait what it's like they're not supposed to be the heroes they're the monsters but they kind of save the day in a sick sort of way and then they end up long story short they end up in the town of ardham and ardham is apparently a super rich place that they were waiting for mr freeman and the minute that they walk in it then goes into a scene of them playing And this is 1920s and they're playing and you're moving on up you're like really this does not fit this it feels weird
1: and Letty has the huge wardrobe that in her magic room, with all the clothes fit her like a glove. And, and she... George's
0: room is filled with all the books he's ever wanted to read. And it's something is off here. You know, something's off. They don't remember about the attack with the monsters. They're just enjoying. And then we f- then you find out that the sp- that there's a sp- that one that they're there for a specific reason because. He's related to the original owner, and it's a whole mumbly-jumbly magic thing. We're not going to spoil any more about it, because it just goes very crazy.
1: And it's super condensed. It's really good, though.
0: Uh, but you're introduced to the Bright Wife family, who he's technically related to. And you have the, the dad, Samuel, who is having his... When you first meet him, he's having his rib removed. and We don't know why, but then later on we find out, and that's really what the fuck. And then later on... Uh, we meet his daughter, who his daughter showed up in the last episode kind of mysteriously with a red, in a silver car. A beautiful, big, expensive silver car. She saved the day. And mystery things happen. And she just is playing him like she's, like, I hate you, but I need you for the type of situation. So She could be an ally or she could be an enemy. And it leads to some some interesting twists and turns for later on, with the ending being that They end up tricking uh, Tick to helping them out well, forcing him because they kill Letty and then they injure George and say, listen, if you want to save them, you got to do this thing for us. Help us with this creepy ceremony for our secret order of the dawn. And then when he does it, the place falls apart and Uncle George dies. Maybe. Because you see pictures of him later on. So he might survive. But Uncle George. But Letty's okay.
1: But Letty is Okay
0: and I gotta say them the second episode's title and then playing the actual song the protest song that was I don't know I mean I get it but it was weird uh, the title for episode 2 is Whitey's on the Moon directed by Danielle Sackheim based on the protest song from the 70s I gotta say this show is gonna be good it's a horror show but it's not it doesn't feel like a horror show it feels like a sci-fi show it
1: already is good
0: And we'll keep talking about this, and we're now actually going to be correctly up to date, and we'll find some other shows to talk about soon. we are actually kind of been late, so we're going to kind of cut it a little short. We'll talk more about deep diving later on. Also, remember, we have a couple more deep dives happening. We're going to be talking about Great Pretender with friend of the podcast, Doug. This week, we have the Spark and uh, Manga review, and top it off we may be doing another episode of the bond marathon this time we're talking about the movie where terry hatcher hatefully worked with pierce Brosnan, even though they had great chemistry together
1: i love terry and she did
0: not look pregnant in that movie
1: no they did a a beautiful job doing like the cuts and but that is for
0: another episode so either way i hope you guys enjoyed check out these shows let us know what you think if you have any shows you want us to talk about Email us at zaninspire.com. I guess that's it. So I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone. So we'll catch you guys next time and keep watching movies, TV, TV shows.
1: See ya. Bye.